Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, role is high fit. Compassion. Great. Passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another incredible episode of The Row Show. Uh, I feel like the regattas are rolling at us thick and fast at the moment, and we, we're doing a lot of hype trains and a lot of uh, regatta madness episodes, but it's really incredible. My favorite part of the season, just right in the thick of it, everything uh, coming together nicely. But as always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me, Mr. Green. Are you doing? Yes, I'm doing fantastic. It's it's good to be back on the show, and you know, it's like just like you said, the the racing's coming at us thick and fast. For me, it's just such a, a far cry to think where we were uh, two years ago and the lack of racing we had. And now, I just you know, I feel like I've been watching World Cups, spent the whole 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 of Henley just watching the racing there last weekend. So. Yeah, it's been really exciting at the moment and obviously really uh, excited to get into um, Lucerne, which seems to be the biggest entries ever at Lucerne. And we're going to talk about the sort of implications they have there. But Lawrence, why don't we quickly just, you know, wrap up uh, just a quick couple takeaways from Henley. What were your what were your favorites from that regatta? Oh, well, my f- Henley is just honestly the best regatta ever. And I think the more... I just hope they just keep putting effort in like they're doing and making it better and better for spectators to watch and athletes to go and compete in there. I was chatting with Sean uh, earlier today and I was saying, no, we should go and have a comeback here at, at Henley and see if we can throw down one more time. It'll be, it'll be worth it. I think and that's a very so, good idea. Oh, and then, you know, ideally for Henley, you go there, compete the whole week. Go, if you're not going to win... You need to go out on the Saturday so you can really enjoy the festivities and yeah. get stuck in to both sides of, of Henley there. But yeah, we just, I think the, the racing for me was incredible. The, the back-to-back, like, I, I mean, I, I cannot reiterate it enough. Having races finish and then going back to the start for the next race, for me, is significantly better as a viewer than having mm. to watch a medal ceremony. So... We'll see how world rowing goes again this this week. But I think if we keep putting more and more pressure on them, maybe one day they'll change. So Definitely. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the, the racing overall was fantastic. I, I said in the in the wrap-up, I just enjoy getting a chance to watch like, you know, the best university clubs, not necessarily the elite side of things. But yeah, like you said, one thing that struck me the most, and we're going to talk about it now going forward, is how the broadcast is different at Henley. Everything is televised. And obviously with the wall drawing, it is a real struggle having uh, to only deal with, you know, sometimes semifinals. Usually it's only the A finals. And I just think, you know, with in this sort of day and age, how easy it is to get a camera in front of something and to take video of it that. I just don't understand why it's so difficult. And yes, I understand there is obviously there must be incredibly expensive to do this, but I still, you know, just with the sort of access we have, the stay and I really want to start seeing the heat, the rep charges, everything. 
streamed. Maybe adopt Henley's format and start streaming on YouTube, which I think works quite well. But at least, yeah. at least, you know, make the, you know, the 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 heat. Um, they need to start doing a hell of a lot more there. But to start off, Lawrence, the entries. Tell me about the entries. Massive, absolutely massive. It is quite something. So me and Jake, we recording this quite late because we've spent so much time just going through these these entries in detail, and I can't believe how many people are going to be competing at this regatta. Honestly, it's one of the biggest regattas I've like, especially for a World Cup that I've seen yeah. for for a long time. And I mean, the we are missing a few countries. The the three big countries that we're missing: China, USA. I'm upset that uh, USA, and yeah. Russia, especially on the women's side, because they would have definitely added that. No, last even bit on of the dynamic. men's side, dude. The men's side, we've got some spicy things happening. Yeah, but I you know, anyway, I feel it, but it does also leave a little bit of spice for yeah, it does for world for champs, champs though. Yeah. There's a little bit of unknown uh, elements coming in at world champs. Yeah. And then also Italy, we're missing Italy. I can't believe that they're not here right on their doorstep. It's literally one country across and they can't come in and and show us what they've got. It's upsetting me, Jake. Why are they not I here? I just think I just think of you know how amazing it is for us to go over to Lucerne and, and like how big of a thing it is for us to get there and to have literally on your doorstep that you you don't head out there. So I think interesting strategy. But you know, you don't know what these these teams are doing. This is a I, I think the Italians are always at at Lucerne. So this is new to not see their their team coming across. So maybe they're playing things close to their chest and, and using a bit of extra preparation time for for world champs. I think they deep in the selection and they didn't know who to send, so they just decided to carry on sprint racing at home to yeah. see which boats they wanted to to go for, and then they will see yeah. world champs what where the dice where the bones fell. Yeah, for definitely. And then I think <laughs> you know to to talk about the probably the biggest thing about this regatta is uh, for those that are unaware is that the the most of events at this regatta are going to be run in the time trial format. So I think any event that has less than 12 entries is going to have standard heats, but all events with more than 12 entries are going to have time trials, which is very interesting. And we'll get into this now. And I have changed my opinion on this since we first sort of spoke about this a couple of days ago. But I do think overall, I don't know how I feel about this yet. I think... uh, I can kind of understand why they're doing it for the men's skulls because it has 46 entries. But other events, you know, I think it, to a certain extent, it goes against the spirit of 2,000-meter racing, about of, of six-lane racing. So, yeah, it's, a, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to the regatta. And, uh, yeah, what are, your, what are your feelings about this? So, I'm a bit like you. I'm a bit on the fence. I think in some races in some races it's it's not really going to make a difference when you have 46 entries into a, a field having a having a hedge race might be the best option but for me it's the principle it's they do this like practice head race every now and then to make sure that when they need to do it at a, at a rough water competition they have they know how to do it Yet they will never ever implement this in an unfair conditioned course. We yeah. never seen it get implemented outside of the practice of yeah. implementing it. So I, I'm like, well, what's the point? You know, if you're not going to use it when it could make a difference, why are you using it when it makes 
when it's when it doesn't make a difference at all. And mm. people like seeing the the one the head on head races. And I Rose like to race head on head yeah. as well. We don't like to do head races. Yeah. Head races suck. No, I agree with you there. I was going to say, I, I also as an athlete, you spend your time preparing for side by side racing. It's in the DNA. It's in the nature of the things we do. You know, at the Olympic Games, you know, at the A final, they got to be the top six boats. They're going to be racing on a two thousand meter course, head to head. Um, so I think the time trial at this point in time, I, I do think it's it's too much of a deviation from you know what we come to expect, and I do think that it's going to have some consequences to how the progression works from the heat so first of all you did raise it up there i think it is big time risky when it comes to weather and i know lucerne is actually probably the perfect place to host it because of how consistent the weather is there but literally in a matter of minutes you can weather can come into play so you know when you have no but jake the 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 reason that they have the his race is so that if the regatta is like blowing huge cross and it's on the boss barn they can run the heads race and it'll be fairer than running uh, heats, basically, is what they're saying. Which yeah. that, So the principle of it does not make sense. No, it doesn't. I, because what, what yeah. is a few, if you have 46 entries, there's going to be an easy 20 minutes between when the first color goes off to the, like, maybe the, te- the end. 20 minutes is plenty of time for a gust of wind to kick up and, you know, put give you three, 400 meters of a headwind. That's all you need, even no, less. No, I don't know if it works like that, Jake. I don't think it works like that. I think it works. You get seeded. Okay, so you get your draw out into your six-lane uh, heat, and then your yeah. heat does a heads race. Okay. And then the results are within okay. those six people. So, first of all, it's more complicated. Second of all, no one wants to watch it Luckily, World Rowing never records the or televises the heat, so we don't have to watch it. But yeah. if you was, if I'd paid money to be in Switzerland to watch the rowing, I'd be pretty damn upset watching a hedge race come down. So yeah. I don't, for me, there is no plus side. And the, the only marginal plus side that I could see is in the men's skull, possibly, or the men's or women's skulls, because they're big entries. The maybe some of the people, some people on the fringe, like people that are, you know, almost going to make it through, really give it stick, and the top people maybe dial it back a touch and get beaten, which might throw out the the seeding, as we discussed earlier. I mean, you made this point on that the seeding can be different, and then yes. it might that might spice things up a little bit, but I don't. I, I don't think it will because I think that the top guys will always go harder than they think they need yes. to. So I, I mean, think you, this is you need your coach to basically tell you you have to row to qualify for your the to qualify straight to the the quarterfinal. You need to row seven or five. Go and do it in these conditions. Yes, that so that's you, the only way because if you leave it up to like feeling, you're always going to go harder than what you yeah. what you really need to or what you need to if you if you have a lot in the tank. Yeah, so that's that's the part that's going to be interesting is that so for I think there's two dynamics. They're the top guys that usually have the security of the heats and the quarterfinals of knowing um, or just the heats this time because it's time trials of knowing that they're up so they can sort of tap off and gauge like immediately they've got feedback of like where they are in the field. 
So now is how hard are they pushing themselves in the heats? Are they pushing themselves harder? I think they're going to be pushing themselves harder than you usually do in the heats. And what I think is going to happen is that everyone in general is going to be pushing themselves harder for longer. So usually, let's say if you a mid-range boat in your category and you get a tough heat, you give it stick in the first K and it's clearly that you are like, you know, five seconds down of the next progression spot. You make the sensible decision to then row the rest of the second K and save yourself for the ref. I feel like that crew in this situation is going to flat box it all the way to the end. So I'm not quite sure what consequences it's going to have for the, the reps in the quarterfinals, but what I think is going to happen is that it might actually mean that some reps in quarterfinals all are going to be interest like the seeding might not be better because you might have like stronger it might be the fact that you have a stronger mix of athletes in one rep versus like another mixed bag and another rep because if like one if a couple crews that usually wouldn't make it through the heats push themselves super hard and actually push themselves into a better progression bracket than they usually do like I'm interested to see the impact that has. And on the flip side is the top guys. What impact is the is the top guys going to have on this and their fatigue? And then also if they don't go hard and let's say they get beaten by a couple guys that they usually wouldn't get beaten by, how does that impact the progression? So it is a bit complex. I don't know if you followed me there, but I'm not quite sure. Like I'm still trying to get my head around the consequences of this, but I do think it's, it's going to change up the first half of the progression bracket quite a lot but i think by the time we get to the semifinals it's going to be pretty straightforward i don't know you went so far off the rails they actually completely lost you maybe some of our patreon enthusiasts will 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 play that one or two times and and try and follow you out there jake no i'm just teasing it's big brain time yeah on the road yeah, I no, I agree. I I agree with you, and I think that it's it definitely has a different dynamic. I just think, what value are we adding to our to the sport here, and to rowing when, you know, the athletes are not going to enjoy this as much. The spectators are certainly not going to enjoy this as much. What um what and what reason is there to have it? And especially when you add Lucerne, which is the most perfect lake to go and race side by side along Uh, so i just like it just upsets me a bit i do i do see why they would do it for the skulls but for the other events i'm sort of upset there but let's not i think let's not get bogged down too much on the time trial stuff yeah the last thing it's not going to be a big thing like once it goes on to once you get through your semi and once you get through quarterfinals for the skull it's going to be incredible racing so Jake, before you jump onto the the onto like specific events, I wanted to just chat about the size of this regatta, like compared to what we usually have. So I think the eights still quite disappointing. There's nothing major there yet. You know, you have seven men's eights, four women's eights. Really upsetting that you don't have a full uh, women's eight uh, heat, but it's it's not like unusual. You know, on the on the entries there, but then going further down the the field, uh, quads very similar. Lighty men's double up at twenty seven entries, that's quarterfinals on the progression. So that is a huge entry list for the lighty men's double. But often there are quarterfinals for that event at Lucerne, lighty women's double, sitting at twenty three entries, and we were chatting about this earlier. 
23 entries for me is the most brutal number of entries and progression that you can have because basically it means that you don't get the benefit of the quarterfinals. So like for the light team men, 27, they're going to race a heat. Some of them are going to go race a rep and then to seed you into a quarterfinal, which is only getting rid of uh, three three crews to get into the quarterfinal. Whereas the lighty woman at 23 going to do a heat into reps to get rid of uh, nine crews to go into the, no, 11 crews to get rid of 11 crews to go into the semifinal. So like the progression that those first two races are like completely, completely different between yeah. the lighty women's and lighty men's. I don't know if you agree with me there. No, I do agree with you. It is it is quite brutal. And it just means that it's obviously, it's a premium getting through the heats uh, immediately. And I think it's it's really difficult for the, again, like the, you know, the mid-range crews getting through the the heats and the rapid charges. It just means that the rapid charges are, again, ridiculously hard. The rapid charges are basically the quarterfinals in the situation but the 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 problem is is that unlike the quarterfinals the rapid charge is cutting you harder than what the, the quarterfinals usually do so it it is quite yeah. brutal but i think we're going to see at this event sort of a a i think the the lightweight woman double skulls uh, hasn't quite been as gladiatorial as it has been as it had been at tokyo i think at this Jeez, event it's going to be brutal yeah we have had some big races coming. We have, it like had a little bit of a lull, and then now it's picking up. I mean, we had a lot of world world records. I mean, the world record getting taken again at the, the at the last regatta again. So I yeah, I think it is heating up again quite quickly. Yeah. Then and going I, on to the oh, go for it. No, I just think so. You know, for me, like I'm really interested to see if the the GB combination stays as dominant after they got pushed. At Europeans, I thought quite quite well, and then I think big time is is sort of the the uh, the rest of the A final how that's going to stack up around the the lesser medals. Yeah, no, for sure, it's going to be huge. But on the, I just want to still stick on the like number of entries still because it's yeah. just mind blowing when you're going into these smaller boat classes. So, men's four also twenty entries. That's huge, Jake. So yes, I mean, obviously, this might change. Show. You know, yeah, yeah. One or two people might come in or out of the 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 racing. Most, you know, most of these events will probably lose one or two, especially the ones where there's a lot of countries that have entered two boats. Then you usually see one of them every now and then go go out. But I mean, twenty fours is is pretty impressive. Eleven women's fours, so even that the, the that field is growing quite substantially. Yeah, twenty eight men's doubles in the That's gladiator ridiculous. event of twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's it's hectic, and we're looking. I mean, we'll get stuck into to that event just now, but I mean that is an outrageous number, and thirty one pairs. Yeah, is that is proper? I think the biggest so, pair field I ever raced was my junior year. Uh, I think at 26 or 20, 26 or 28. What about 2019 World Champs? The, you guys had to race quarterfinals at 2019. Yeah, so it must that have been about the big. same then. 25, 20, the 26. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 31 is insane. It's really, no, it really is insane. quite something. 
And I, I think, think it's really it, it gets supplemented well. at the, the, the World Cups because you've got like a lot of countries entering two. Whereas at a World yes. Champs, you, those countries only enter one. So you do lose a few numbers. I actually think because of the double entries, um, I don't think it makes such a big difference at the top end of the bra- of the of the events. But I actually think it can make it more competitive in the middle of the event, like the 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 B finals and the C finals can get super competitive because I think those yeah, double entries sure. will make that area of the event more competitive than what you even get at World Champs, which I think is a very interesting dynamic at Lucerne. And I think we kind of saw that last year and now this year in these events, it's it's ridiculous. Like the doubling up in these in these events is huge. So it's going to make it really interesting, like from from right at the top all the way down the racing. How how it's but you also know, out. like if Romania they've entered two pairs, uh, New Zealand entered two pairs, Poland's entered two pairs, Germany's entered two pairs. You know that those crews are all up for selection. That you know half of those crews are not going to be at world champs so either these the athletes need to prove themselves by beat being the fastest pair for that country or you know they 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 need or they're going to go into a different boat class basically so they really everyone's like giving it that little bit extra stick because they're kind of names on the chopping board so no it's it's pretty wild, I think. And I get to, I have to eat my own words because I think at the second World Cup, I said that I, did, I didn't believe that Lucerne was going to be that big this year. You've been and doing that a lot lately, is, I think. I don't know what is <laughs> me to say that because looking at this entry list, I cannot wait for this weekend's racing. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, so I think, I have you know, to, to, just to kick things off, like chatting about the events themselves, the big country that's racing here at this World Cup that we haven't seen is New Zealand. And what's interesting about New Zealand is everyone knows that Tokyo, the the fast men and women's eights from Tokyo. We've kind of seen them sort of here and hereabouts. Not all the athletes were in the in the racing last year, and we didn't see that much from the New Zealand team. This year, there's a much bigger entry from New Zealand at this regatta, and we see a big return of a lot of athletes from uh those eights so to kick it off in the in the pair like you said there are two pairs here and one of the pairs is daniel williamson and philip wilson from the from the eight that race in tokyo so i think that's another big crew that's going into already stacked event and for me like the men's double i feel like the men's pair is almost the most uncertain medalists in the out of all the events like anyone there's so many potential gold medalists and silver medalists and bronze medalists in the, in this event and it seems that there's a pair that gets you know that has a good regatta and then has you know not as good but what's interesting is to see if tom and ollie uh, tom george and oliver win griffith can continue that absolute dominant performance on europeans because that if they can keep that up i don't know if there's going to be someone that's going to touch them but Again, it's a know, question they, of if they, they can do that. They looked bloody good at, at Henley. They did. Uh, that's all I can say. They looked really good. I, there have been times, though, even from their, their first races last year, where I just said they look so good. They really row loose and long in some regattas and in other regattas, maybe the nerves or, or just you know maybe a bit of fatigue or whatever catches up with them and they, they kind of have a, 
a little wobbly, but I think I'm, my money's definitely on them for, for this week. And then another interesting piece that we need to chat about is Romania. I see are still looking to double up into the, into the eight. Mm. So they've got their pair, uh, Cosmic and uh, Bejan, Bejan, Sergio. They, um, he, they, they double. They both entered into the eight and into the pair. And I'm looking at you know, their second boat that's in there as well. Yeah, I think they, I think the Romanians are feeling quite confident, and I think they're taking a page out of the, out of the the the, the women's team's book because you know the women are so famous for doubling up, and especially the Romanian women. I feel like they're the original trendsetters of doubling up. And I think it, it, you know, it didn't work so well at Europeans, but I think that's due to the funky racing schedule that was at Europeans. Whereas here, I think will work better because of the uh, the racing schedule is a little bit more. It sort of suits the racing more. You know that the eight is going to have sort of a two reps, and then you know that the eight is going to be like then you're going to race the final. So. I think if they no, can have Jake, a good eight bold, race, dude. I know, I know. That's I'm saying if bold. if the Romanian eight can get through the heat straight to the final, then it makes these guys' job much simpler. I think the problem is is that it's an added risk of if the eights doesn't progress like it should, then it makes the racing in the pair and the eight is significantly significantly harder. Dude, the it's a three day regatta, and now you have. Eight heat that is going to be proper because you've got to go straight to the finals. You can't fuck around there. You're going into race a rep. And they're only going to eliminate it. It's going to be top one through to the final. That's going to be the progression. Top one through the final, the last, the next five people are going to race it out for the, in the, in the rep. So like, I think you need to give it stick to win that. Yeah. That thing. Then you have a heat a quarter, a semi, and a final in the pair, and then to race the eight again. So over three days, you've got Actually, that, six, that does, possibly that does seven races. Ridiculous. That does make it ridiculous. That is hardcore. That is like, <laughs> that is outrageous. It is outrageous. Eight, eight races. Oh, no. Okay. Let's call it six, maybe seven races to do in three days. Yeah. On the yeah. at a world at a world stage is a I mean that pairs those pairs races okay cool your heat is gonna be really chilled because uh, you can take that really easy in the in the pair because you know like your your progression is gonna be like not that bad then you're gonna go quarter should also be really straightforward especially for the top pair then the the second the semi final that's where things are gonna start spicing up so. Your first two days maybe not that hectic, but oh, by the two, by the the second day, the afternoon, you're going to be doing your semi. It's going to be hectic. It is hectic, and also an interesting event into the the men's pairs. Be uh, besides the usual suspects that we've seen is uh, Hannes Acek making a a return in the pair. Do you think uh, this is something he wants to sort of explore, considering that the the, the German eights have been struggling to maintain that form. Yeah, definitely. I think that the, I think, I mean, he wanted, he, he, I mean, he was quite vocal trying, wanting to be, wanting to test out the small boats. So I think that's what we, what we're seeing here. 
Yeah. But I mean, it's uh, who who else can box with the the British though? I mean, you got the Aussies. I think we'll definitely have a decent a decent pair. You I don't have, know. No, uh, I think the Aussies will have a good pair, but that is a different um, sort of combination to what we have seen. But I do think the Aussies are going to be going to be decent, though, hundred percent. And then you've got, but you see, there there are a few odd entries in here, like the the French. They have a Turlan twin entered into the with Yatia Rayet. They're both actually from the four, so they're doubling up in their pair and the four. No, I don't think so. I think it's I think it's an entry to in case someone is injured or maybe they weren't a hundred percent confident with the with something when they when they did the entries. I so see. I think that that is not a it's not a it's not a double up. It's a it's they haven't made the choice yet, maybe of what they're racing. Yeah, but you know, going I think going back to what I I put out there. So they obviously there's so many so there's so many fast crews. Is how do these uh, Olympic gold medalists from the eight in Philip Wilson and Daniel Williamson Williamson how do they stack up against the Spanish, against the the British, the Romanians, against the, the GB road? Really see the GB roads. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they stack up in in this field because I think they're going to be I do think they're going to be pretty fast. You know, if uh, if Tom McIntosh was anything to go by by his foray into the pair last year, it's going to be it's going to be spicy to see the, them racing this weekend. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. So, I think that for me I think there's almost two battles here though. There's the winner, I think the, the if anyone can roll with the the British at the top, and then who and then who's going to take up those like back of the the A final positions going to be going to be really really interesting. And then the other piece of the whole regatta that I'm like really starting to to pay attention to is like where how close are the battles for you know those last qualification spots? You know how how are those positions changing and how close are the the com- how compact are the fields uh, going through the races? I mean, that's something that we're definitely going to chat about a lot. Uh, come the regatta madness episode is is starting to look at the back end of the field and who's on that kind of cutting block for or the chopping block for uh, qualification. Where is that going to fit going forward into the next few weeks? Because yeah. there's a lot of games to play here. Because let's say the 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 New Zealand both New Zealand pairs are fast. They're both in the A final. You know, maybe the guy in twelfth place is like, oh, okay, well, cool. At at World Champs, there's only going to be one New Zealand pair, so that puts me up one level, kind of. So yeah. there's a lot of things to look into on those qualifications, and yeah, I mean, we know that the qualification uh, World Champs is one of the best regattas to watch of the whole cycle. Yeah, so it we're is getting really closer to it, and yeah, I think there's a lot to pay attention at this regatta. Yes, and especially with the possibility uh, that there is enough time between this regatta and World Champs for crews to form based off these results. Um, so it does the qualification does make it a, a real interesting um, regatta. But to to continue on the thread, we spoke a little bit about the New Zealand men's sort of squad on the from their eight, and then. Looking across to the the women's side, they have a, a four out here with uh, two two rowers from the uh, New Zealand women's eight that finished in in Tokyo Olympic Games that we actually haven't seen. Uh, 
So it's with with two new combinations. So yeah, I'm really I think it's it's going to be the New Zealand team's going to shake things up a bit, I think. And there are a lot of sort of unknown unknowns around them like Robbie Manson racing again in the men's double. There's a, a new combination in the double in the women's double for for New Zealand. Emma Twigs back in the skull. We haven't seen much from her. So I think in a lot of these events, the the New Zealand team is going to shake things up quite uh, significantly. Yeah, no, I'm like super keen to to see what the New Zealanders uh, have done. And I mean, we there's still a few like the the Aussies and the New Zealanders are always you know so dangerous, such big growing countries that you know when the Aussies came for that uh, second World Cup, it was a lot of oh, where are they going to fit in? Where, how are these crews going to go? And I feel like New Zealand have bought even more interesting crews, you know. Uh, there's yes. changes that we haven't seen for a while. There's a lot of really, really interesting items uh, and crews on the water there. So, man, it's going to be, they're going to be a big country to to watch at um, at this and to see how they've coped, you know, from, you know, the, like taking the the two biggest blue ribbon events at the tokyo games and now going into you know 2023's paris qualification where they're going to stack up what boat classes are they focusing on and yeah. and where they where things gonna gonna stack and and what's actually quite interesting about new zealand is basically from 2019 there's not been that much racing from them you know a lot of athletes took last year like you know really lightly and almost off and you know now we're seeing a few more crews come through a few more and and a lot of changes and where where's that going to stack up it's it's pretty cool i must say it is pretty cool and then going to probably my uh sort of i don't know if it's my favorite event but it's definitely for me the new gladiator event of the cycle is the, the men's double so for me this is the this is my highlight event for for the regatta and what's interesting about this event is in the beginning of the of the episode, we said that there are three big countries missing, China, the USA, and the Italian. And one thing I can tell you about those three countries, and they have strong doubles in all of them, with the USA, with a new newcomer combination being absolutely blitz at the last World Cup. The Chinese, there's no explaining on the Olympic medalists and the 2019 world champions. And the Italians, again, a sort of new combination that's been absolutely fire. So it's challenging to the Sinkoviches. Sorry to just uh, cut in. I, the, the Italians, do they do have a men's pair entered. Yeah, they do have a men's pair out of all their boat classes. have a men's pair entered, which is quite weird to send one one crew and one like quite yeah. barb crew as well. But... Yeah, going back to your the double, I mean, we already have a stacked field. It's a hugely competitive field. And Without we're missing those three. countries, that's what I was kind of like trying to yeah, say, is that and we're missing, missing three like, big doubles and we still have an outrageous field. Would you? I mean, all three of those countries could make a, a final. All three of those countries could medal in any position. <laughs> And at, at at any event, but going into the field, one thing that caught my eye immediately is that the French double, the world champions, the Olympic champions have sort of split up their double now. They have Hugo Bucheron, who is who is the the bowman, is joined by Valentin Onfoy, 
And uh, I do think this is because of an injury. I don't know if there is a selection battle going on, but I would be I wouldn't be surprised. But it's just an interesting combination. It's also what makes it interesting for me is that they decided to to uh, put Valentin Onfoy in the double, which I thought the the Onfoy brothers might be coming back in the skull initially to eventually transition to, to sweep. But I feel that the fact that the this uh, Valentin is in this double might sort of highlight that they actually are coming back to explore the sculling side i think i'm not going to read too much into it i want to see the the entries come out on um when is it when when does the draw come out thursday yeah so i want to see the draw and then decide what um if like if they change because i mean there's a lot i know especially when like trying to read into all these entries i know coaches play a lot of games with their with their entries you know they try and get more seats or they try and you know they're not sure about certain athletes so they enter like absolute like they enter like mixed boats because they're just so unsure maybe sometimes when they have to do the entries because the entries are done a while ago so mm. i'm like let's wait to see when the draw comes out and and if that's really is the double that's racing then we'll have a lot to to chat about over the weekend Yes, so, we will indeed. But and then, yeah, I think the the other b- big highlights are obviously the Irish doubles back with Philip Doyle. The you know he's become quite accustomed to racing a double. He was raced in Tokyo. He's joined by a newcomer, Dara Lynch, who did race at Europeans and they had a fantastic result. But what is interesting is that in the main single skulls there is an Irish entry, and it's none other than Ronan Byrne, who did race at Tokyo with. Um, with Philip, with so it Doyle. does make it inter- with Doyle, which makes it interesting because I'm sure there's going to be some selection going on, and the, the Irish doubles are already super fast. So you know, I think look out for how their performance does, and then to to go, sort of go into the New Zealand combinations again. I've said that Robin Manson is back, but the other combination has got Jordan Parry, who finished fourth place in the single skulls at World Champs last year, in the boat with Jack Reddy. So I think both these combinations have got pedigree in them. And you know, I think they can. I think they can be super fast. So really interesting to see how these two doubles stack up. And there's no doubt in my mind. We know what New Zealand does with their selection. That I think the double that wins us but beats the other double will be the one that we see at World Champs. And what's quite cool is you got uh, Robbie Manson coming back onto. I mean, possibly his his base rowing venue of of all time. He yes. always put great performances on, and he. Isn't this where he broke the record? No, I don't think this is where he bro- the broke record. I think he broke the record in Poznan. I th- oh, think, yes. but he could, no, but this is where sure. he has that. Like he d- uh, he does have a sublime race in the single. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does have a sublime race in the single. Yeah. Back then, so yeah, I don't know. It's very. I think it's quite cool that he's coming back, and I'm excited to see if they got any if they have any speed down the down the track because yeah, it's dude. There is so much good racing coming up this weekend it's actually it's got me on the edge of the seat already i'm so excited to to watch and there's so much to dig into on each race as you're saying like oh you know there's um you know the irish there's a guy in the single you know the the qualification the 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 selection battles happening at this regatta i think are crazy to be having big selection uh, battles this late in the season 
But there's another layer of it though, Jake. If you think the selection battle's done already, the selection, if a crew is going well and people back it to qualify, then it doesn't even matter. Your selection doesn't have to be this year. You can, you as long as you keeping fit and showing your face and 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 you know chasing down the guys in front of you, they can qualify the boat at World Champs this year. And you know the way rowing works with you know not not individuals qualifying, but the boats qualifying, you can steal someone's seat quite easily, quite comfortably next season, which is yeah you know an almost an easier way of of going about it because we know how hard the the qualification yeah. is. So there, there's so know, many there, layers. There's a lot so at play. Layers. There's so exactly so many layers. Yeah. yeah. And then Lawrence, I think the last thing I want to highlight, and this is going to be a big one because I've just realized we missed something big here in these entries. The women's skull. We're going to have a huge, huge showdown here. So we have Tara Rigney, who has come onto the scene as you know one of the world's best scholars at the moment. We have, I think, the the German scholar Alexandra Foster, the young scholar who's been on fantastic form, um, up against the reigning world champion Carolyn Floran, who's been untouchable, and then the reigning Olympic champion Emma Twigg, who actually haven't, like you said, New Zealand have have been sort of, um, you know, they haven't been racing that much. So that those four are going to be a huge matchup. But then, but then, Lawrence, a big entry in the women's skull <laughs> is Uzbekistan. Do you know who that is? It's Anna Prakatsin, the former Russian athlete that raced to a silver medal at the Olympic Games in 2021. She is racing for Uzbekistan in the women's skull yeah, at this World Cup. Yeah, over. Yeah. The, the women's so, single is going to be one of the best races for the regatta, I think. You, you've got a There's so much unknown, so many unknown elements and so many good crews at the moment and I feel like it's a very unestablished boat class at the moment it doesn't have you know a a big big uh like one person leading the charge I feel like it's close it's not completely settled down into like who we no. who we think is gonna is gonna do it and I mean even from Henley this weekend you have Azerbaijan Dimichenko uh who managed to to pull off the win there so Yes, Lucerne is, is perfectly flat, so she might not be, um, you know, in a perfect position for this for this race, but or this regatta. But you know, there's a lot of of good quality athletes in this field, and yeah, I'm excited to see where they kind of where they fit in down, the, especially semifinals. Yeah, I think the, the semifinals, semifinals are going to be, be particularly wild. interesting. <laughs> wild, yeah, absolutely wild, especially in these big events where you're going to have it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be so interesting. But yeah, I think uh, you know, Lawrence and I do these things on the on the high train. We don't necessarily want to go through every single event. We kind of want to give you the the big the big talking points. So, you know, I think uh, you know, I've I've highlighted all that I've thought was really interesting. And just a big shout out to the South African team going over. We have a men's pair, a women's double, a men's scholar, and a lightweight women's a lightweight men's scholar. Big shout out to our team heading over there. Um, really cool to see you guys racing. Yeah, no, it's going to be great to to watch us uh, fly the flag and hopefully they, they perform the way we, we, we all want them to. But as you said, Jake, we can't touch on every single event. I'm sure we made plenty of mistakes and I'm sure that there are, we, I'm sure that we will be uh, eating a fair bit of our words come uh, Sunday evening this, this, this weekend. But I don't know, I'm 
really enjoying the the racing this season. I think that there's going to be some awesome matchups and awesome races coming down the track. I really wish we could just get some semifinals on video, mm. but we've already harped on about that enough. So I think, guys, enjoy the the racing. Message us. Let us know what you think about it. And uh, if you want to join our Patreon, it is an incredible community of absolute rowing knowledge. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group, which buzzes the whole time during the, the regatta. We chat about percentages. We chat about interesting things happening down the track. Keeps you up to date when you're busy working and you're trying to watch a bit of rowing on the side. Um, so, no, it's, a, it's quite an incredible community of, of rowers that we and 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 spectators that we're gathering and yeah so if you want that little bit extra come and join our our patreon group but otherwise enjoy the racing and you'll hear from us sunday or monday for some regatta madness what do you think jake sounds good i think you wrapped it up perfectly lawrence it's been awesome chatting to to you for the for this hype train for lucerne i think this is going to be the biggest lucerne ever so very excited for the racing and we'll catch you on the flip side and then just to finish off, Jake, the you guys, the the listeners, you guys can let us know if it's worth so like here yeah, we've put out the episode on, you know, earlier in the week because obviously then you people have more time to listen to it, but then we have less info. Like we don't have the draw. We don't know, you know, if there's any changes to these boats classes that we're reading out. You know, we don't know who's gonna drop out, who's gonna be where what name changes are gonna come in. So there's a bit more guesswork from our side, but maybe you guys struggle to listen to it when we put it out too late. So yeah, let us know what you think, uh, what date is, is better. And yeah, we will, we'll see if we can be accommodating. Of course. Great. I think that's us, eh? That's a good wrap. <laughs> Sweet guys, we're out. Ciao. Cheers, everyone.